Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jay. He's Maddie. This is Yankee and the Brit Sports Talk. And today, we're going to finally review the AFC and NFC Championship game, but we broke the Brian Flores stuff. We talked about that. There was other stuff going on. And if you haven't done it yet, go check out Real Talk. We dropped our first L- or our first episode with SK to Ryder. But Maddie, that was a crazy AFC Championship game. We'll just start with that game. Um, congratulations to the Bengals. I did not see that happening. Again, they come from behind to win. I w- could shit on Kansas City for not holding a lead, but I will not because I believe that the Bengals actually won this game way more than the um, Chiefs lost it. I, and shout out to Joe Burrow for not having an offensive line and still figuring out how to get it done. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff's been going on in the Yankee and the Brit universe. If you guys haven't been keeping up with our Facebook and uh, YouTube channels and things like that, you won't know this, but we have other shows coming out with other hosts. So go check them out because we've been doing a lot of stuff dealing with them. But that's the reason that we're a little bit behind on this and mixed mash of schedules and things like that. But you won't, we've had more time to digest those games and kind of think back on them and and look back at them, and I, I totally agree with you. I think the more that I think back on it, the less emotional I, I am about the Chiefs' stupid calls. And I mean, I was supporting the Bengals all the way through. I, I understand why you weren't. You want that star power in the Super Bowl, but and the Bengals will have star power underneath Joe Burrow. They just the organization needs to get out of their own way. We might talk about that in a little bit. But who day they're going to the Super Bowl and they've just found a winner. They've just found a guy who fucking wins ball games and a couple of them as well. I just didn't want a 49ers versus <laughs> the Bengals game. Other than that, I didn't care the matchup. And uh, we'll get to why I'm excited for the Rams later on. But man, Maddie, that game was so good that it literally lived up to every bit of hype you could expect it to because it was literally two teams that at least for that Sunday were so evenly matched that there was times where I thought both teams were going to win the game. I thought Kansas City had it through most of the game. Then at the end, I was like, oh, shit, look at this. And then when it went to overtime, I was like, you just never know. You never know. I was like, this was just such a good game. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think the thing that was the most impressive was the way the Bengals' defense kind of bowed their back and said, look, our man Joe Burrow's getting, he started to kick up some cities. So the way, the way I saw it was the first quarter was an absolute blowout, and you and you were like, right, okay, that, but should we just go watch the next game? And then all of a sudden, the defense starts to kind of bend but not break a little bit. They they start to bend but not break, and it takes a longer drive. And then to score the next touchdown, and then Burrow comes down, and they look like they've got their shit together when they score that touchdown just before halftime to go <coughs> one ten. And then the and then the Chiefs quickly drive down, and you're thinking, all right, if it's a touchdown here, you, you're going to struggle to see. To not get any points on that drive, to go away and not to, like, I, you want them to take the three. We we spoke about this at the time. I, I understand that. I don't hate them going for the touchdown, but you had five seconds. You can run a play in five seconds 
throw it out the back of the end zone and still have a chance to get a field goal, I think is that's what I'm most upset about. I think Mahomes kind of got off rhythm, took too long. I don't know why he's taking the check down to Tyree Kill at that point. And you see him trying to take the timeout. He doesn't realize they don't have timeouts and that they're out of time anyway. So it wouldn't have mattered if they fucking did. I mean, that's that's a big point in the game there because that's where, and we'll talk about it in a second. That's where I think Mahomes lost his rhythm. But more importantly, I think it's where the Bengals picked up a bit of momentum. And this is a team that feeds off momentum. If you let them get into a game, then they'll stay in that game from that. Yeah, I'm just a firm believer, unless you're getting your ass whooped, take the points in the first half. Quit being so analytically driven. And I know Andy Reid was like, okay, we'll get a playoff and get this. And this isn't a shot because the dude is magical, but it's Patrick Mahomes. He's never on schedule with anything. So to think that it might not go that way, I would have just took the points. Like I've told you, when the Bengals drove in the beginning of the game and they took that three instead of going for it, and I know some people were like, go for it. I'm glad they took the three. It would have changed how you had to play the game if they didn't make it. And it changed how the Chiefs had to play the game because they didn't make that field goal. I'm all for risk. If you're at the 40 and you don't want to kick a a 57-yard field goal and you're no man's like, yes, go for it. But when you can get points on the board, especially in these games, in the first half, take the points. Don't let, to me, don't let the analytics override Manalytics until the end of the game when you're starting to think, okay, we might need eight points, we might need a two point conversion, or we need to like we're down by 14, it's the fourth quarter. That kind of stuff, I absolutely get. And I know that was not what Andy Reid was trying to do, but it drove me absolutely insane that they fucked that play up so bad that they didn't go into half with those three points. And I'm not saying it's what lost them the game, but I think it changed the game. Yeah, 100%. I think it, it's it's what let the Bengals get the momentum. It's not necessarily, and it's it's just this is a team that you don't want to do that with. Like with, with the Bengals, the way that they're playing at the minute, they've got hot at the right time. And if you let them heat up into a game, then they're gonna they're gonna boil over and just blow up. And all of a sudden, Joe Burrow's peak painted Manning or peak Aaron Rodgers, better comparison probably. And like all of a sudden, Jamar Chase is Megatron and. Jim Nixon is just going absolutely insane because you let them boil over into the game. And the defense, I think I think the defense hasn't got enough credit since since we've spent some time, we've kind of seen how the media's kind of covered this, and now it's died off and they're covering the next game. Like obviously, fair play to them. Their defense hasn't got enough credit, in my personal opinion for getting that stop there. And I think getting that stop there made them believe as well. I just want to pick up on something you said. You said Patrick Mahomes is never on uh, schedule with anything. And I think that's a really important point for Patrick Mahomes because if you get him out of his momentum, and we've seen it this season, if you get him out of his momentum because of his irregular throw-in and his irregular footwork, I think Skip Baylor said it was like the worst footwork he'd ever seen. I'm I'd rather listen to Chris Sims on that, but uh, you know you can you can see why you can see why he would say that because it's so off base and he's never seems to quite be in the right place and it's hard to get that back in in cricket we call it like a metronomic action is what you want because no matter how shitty a day you're having you can just go down and you can just repeat that action whereas Mahomes doesn't have that and I think him getting so off base 
sometimes means if, if he loses momentum like they did on that drive by getting stopped, then it's going to be difficult to get that momentum back. And I think Andy Reid for next season needs to take that into account as well, where just keep the scoreboard ticking over, just keep it ticking over so that Patrick never feels like he's off rhythm and out of momentum and then trying to do things to get back in rhythm that he would never do in rhythm. And you saw that with throwing the ball into double coverage a couple of times and like a few picks that should have happened and the pick that did happen, obviously. And I hate to compare these guys, you know that, but like when it comes to skill sets, but I think if he played more like Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson instead of Lamar Jackson, he'd be better. Like, because Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun can make off-schedule plays, but they're always trying to live with inside the scheme of the play where Lamar's more of go out there and make it happen because that's how their offense is set up, so he should. But if Patrick would play more in the, let me see what the scheme is giving me, get let me take what they can, and then, oh, shit, let me get outside and make a play, I think they'd be better off. I do want to say, though, as rough as we have been on the refs all year, I think this was one of the best ref games. I know both teams do not think so because dudes got tackled a couple times before the ball got there that should have been P.I. both ways. But I would rather, and I know you would, rather see them let a little more go than to call some stupid shit. I'm always, you know me, my belief is if a guy gets held on the right side of the field but the whole play's on the left side of the field, it shouldn't even be a penalty because it had nothing to do with the play. I'm sick of stupid, ticky-tack call plays. And um, one thing I wanted to say to Bengal or to Chiefs fans, yes, Joe Mixon ta- uh, stumbled never got touched, hit the ground, and threw the ball down. So, yes, technically it was a fumble, clear recovery. But ever since the Victor Cruz rule, it's considered giving yourself up. I hate the rule. I think it should have been a fumble. But by the letter of the rule, they got it right. And for the first time this year, I think I'm giving a shout-out to the refs for getting the hell out of the way and not letting it be about them and letting the players decide this game. Yeah, with with Chiefs fans complaining about that, if that's the way that you want to win – that game of football as well. Like, then you you know your team didn't play well enough. Like, I agree, like, you want to win no matter what, but sometimes it's just saying, if that's the reason that you're saying you didn't win, you didn't deserve to win the football game at that point. Like, that that's that's all I'm going to say on that. As a Cowboys fan, I've seen a lot of penalties this season. And a lot of it's for tiki-tack shit. And a lot of it, I feel, is not been even. So I would like to go back to the playoff game where we're getting called for false starts. Like it seems like endlessly and they were false starts by the letter of the law. They're false starts. I don't disagree with that. I don't mind it either. But then you have Trent, uh, uh, left tackle 49ers. Trent Williams. Trent Williams. Thank you. You have Trent Williams shifting his ankles <laughs> all over the place. Like, like, like uh, my thing isn't, my thing isn't the refs, my thing isn't the refs have called bad calls because they call them within the letters of the law. It's they don't apply them consistently. And if the only way to apply them consistently is they have to let things go, I would rather they let things go to apply the rule consistently. Like if you get what I mean. So if you can look back and you say, oh, well, Jamar Chase got smoked before the ball even got there in the third quarter. Oh, yeah, well, uh, uh, Tyreek uh, Tyree Hill. Hill got smoked before the tackle had got there as well. So you can even it all out. And it like, it's more 
calling it the same way than the actual rule that I give a shit about because the rules is the rules. And you know how I feel about professional football players. They need to learn the rules of American football a bit better. They need to, like, you have all of that time. You get paid all of that money. Sit down with a rule book. Find out what the rules are. Find the way to exploit them. And I know the best players do. Aaron Rodgers knows if he sees two players running off the field to snap the ball quickly to get them caught with 12 players on the field, which again is one of those stupid ticky-tack calls where they're not going to do anything, but like learn how to play those rules. And I really think they should sit down and learn how to do that. And once you know that the refs are letting you play, then play as well. Like if you know the refs are letting you cheat, hold, like whatever, then, then do that shit. Like rugby, which the Six Nations is going on at the minute, Everybody go watch the Six Nations. It's going to be a good year. Uh, rugby's all about whoever cheats best. Like, we call it the dark arts. So you're hidden in those rooks and those scrums and things like that. And it's who, whoever can get away with the most shit in front of the ref is going to win rugby matches, just 100%. So I think American football players need to learn how to do that and need to learn how to adapt to the referees a bit more. Uh, to the Bengals' defense, who seem to just say... Do you know what? Fuck this shit. We're getting walked all over. I'm done. And Cincinnati boy, uh, I'm really blanking on names today. Cincinnati born, Ohio State, defensive line, begins with a H. I'm pretty sure it's Hendricks or something like that. Uh, oh, shit. Never mind. Anyway, whoever he is, the defensive line player for the Cincinnati Bengals, who was born in Cincinnati, basically went, I'm having this. And just went absolutely off the chain and played really, really well. And then their secondary really held up for me. I think we, you shit on the quarterback a lot. But I think as a fan, you shit on the quarterback a lot because of where the camera is. If you're watching coaching film, you'll see that nothing's open. Like I've had a little look back at some of the coaching film and just nothing's open in that second half for him. So Patrick Mahomes is under duress and there's nothing open for him. Andy's lost momentum. Andy finds it difficult to get back on rhythm. Andy's not had his best season this year. I, I I think we can kind of say that's more Bengals than it is Chiefs kind of causing Patrick Mahomes problems. And let's give them the credit they deserve going into this Super Bowl. And Joe Mixon ran hard. Like I yeah. was a big fan coming out of co- out of Mixon coming out of college, even though he had a his off the field thing was a stupid thing at a restaurant when he was a freshman, no, you never lay your hands on a woman, but she hit you first. I get you reacted. Should have never happened. So I don't think he's a bad dude. I think he made a stupid fucking mistake in high school. I mean, college, a really stupid mistake. So coming out, I thought Delvin Cook was going to be a first-round pick. So I, the whole draft was going, we didn't have a first-round pick as the Vikings because of the Sam Bradford trade. So I was like, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon. And so I've been a big fan of Joe Mixon. I was glad we got Delvin Cook because he fell. But that dude runs hard. He seems to be a class dude. He seems to be a team guy. And I think he gets overlooked as a leader on that team. And I think people just need to start giving Joe Mixon some credit because he's a way better running back than people think. Because when you start thinking Derrick Henry, Delvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, these names – Oh, quick, but if you go look at what Joe Mixon's doing, man, he's a top five running back. Yeah, and I still find it scary that the Bengals are still in their rebuild as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they're off the Bengals line are, is awful. Yeah, the Bengals are probably like three or four years ahead of where they actually should be. Like, this is where you're picturing with the Bengals, with what they've got, you're thinking three years down the line, serious Super Bowl contenders. 
if they real bit if they rebuild that offensive line, get probably one more defensive star, and then that's all they need. I was just about to say another weapon, and then I went through all of their wide receivers and their running backs, and was like, nah, I don't fucking need another one. Like, just take it. Also, they've got the kind of Joe Tucker figure that you really need to actually win playoff games in the NFL in McPherson. And what, what the final thing that I want to say on 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 this, and then I'll I'll give it over to you for your plenary and final words, but. Joe Burrow and McPherson, they sum up this team for me. They're the it's weird to say this about a kicker, but I would respect it if they made him a captain, like a captain of this team, because they're two driving forces. It's like you don't find this in kickers very often. But if you think it, they are the leaders, they are the captains of the special teams. And he's taken that on his shoulders and he spreads it out to the whole team. This we're gonna fucking win this. So pull your socks up bow your backs, and let's fucking win this game, okay? Like, And they both kind of embody that really nicely. And I, I think next season I'd be upset if McPherson wasn't a captain of the Cincinnati Bengals. That kid has ice water in his veins it, in the divisional round. He walks out on the field, looks at his team, and goes, it looks like we're going to the AFC Championship, boys, and kicks the game win as a rookie. This kid has got ice water in his veins. I love everything he's doing. I know kickers don't ever get love. You know what I mean? And they're only talked about when they miss some shit. Uh, this kid is great for them. And I would love to be a head coach going, oh, we're at the 40. It's 57 yards. Send him out. Send him out. It's a guaranteed three. Send him out. I think it's great. I am so I am so excited for this matchup. And it's not the shit on the 49ers. But I just didn't want the 49ers Bengals. It's not 1990. It wouldn't be as exciting as it used to be. But before we move on to the next game, Maddie, I think we have a little word from one of our friends over at OTH. So let's hear what our boy Cuzzo has to say. What up, what up, y'all? This your boy Cuzzo, host of the Chronicles podcast and also the host of Overtime Reactions. And let me tell y'all something, man. Y'all make sure to go check out Yankee and the Brit Sports Talk. Them guys are knowledgeable. They have good content. Go support them, man. Go check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and definitely tune in to MMA Underground Weekly, man, where they have guests, great commentary, let you know about upcoming events, promotional material, all that, man. Go check them out. Yankee and the Brit, what up? Salute from your boy Cuzzo. Holla. <laughs> I can't help myself. I can't help myself. Yeah, man. I, that dude needs to record that ad so it's an actual advertisement for him and not him just blowing smoke up our ass again. I, I, but Kozo, thank you so much for the kind words, man. And you're always out there watching our MMA Underground shit as well, and we really appreciate all your comments in there. So keep it up. Everybody go follow OTH and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, a little shameless plug for MMA Underground, which is a live show that we do mainly about street beefs weekly on a Wednesday. So, yeah, check that out, too. Yeah, and stay warm, Cuzzo, because you're the only person I know that lives in Alaska. So, <laughs> but we'll go on to this NFC Championship game, which ended up turning out to be a really good game. Also, um, there was some things, and... I just want to touch on a couple things, but I'm going to start with the poor cornerback for the 49ers in Tate who dropped a pick that everybody's blaming him for the loss. And 
Yeah, those are the hardest interceptions to catch, man. They're up there like a punt. You're thinking about it for days. You don't just get to react. But everybody's going to talk about that, but nobody's going to talk about how a couple minutes later, Jalen Ramsey, who's the best corner in the NFL, missed one right off his shoulder. That shit happens. If you could catch, you'd be a receiver, not a corner <laughs> most of the time. There is some I don't know. I, I don't know. Did you see Trayvon Diggs in the uh, in the skills round of the Pro but Bowl? He was a receiver. He wasn't a receiver. So yeah, he, Alabama just switched his position. That's a little yeah. different. That's why I said most <laughs> corners. Um, I did see Jeff, Justin Jefferson in the skills competition, but you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, did you see? Yeah, I mean, did you see the winner of the skills competition in the Pro Bowl is a cornerback who plays for the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, some of those fucking. Like, Justin Jefferson should never play quarterback. Never let him throw a ball in the NFL after what we saw the other day. Um, <laughs> we're, this is weird. We're talking about the Pro Bowl. Uh, let's talk about some actual football, shall we? Uh, back to the NFC champ- uh, yeah, NFC Championship game. I mean, yeah, you feel bad for the guy. Probably should have had the pick, but difficult. You, like, you think about it so many times before it gets there. You almost want him to react a bit quicker. And if you're relying on those picks to kind of, win you the game, then you've already lost. What really lost them the game is that they couldn't move the fucking ball. Like <laughs> They couldn't move the ball. Their defense did everything that they could to keep up with the offense of the LA Rams. Matthew Stafford made some absolutely huge plays in that game. Like, few, few did some Matthew Stafford-style shit as well. Like, But literally, a play after that, he throws a 40-yard smoking bomb down the field uh, in that game as well. And Stafford was just that was the Matthew Stafford that we want to see. Like he's still wiping off some of the Detroit like bad habits and stuff. He'll he'll stop throwing picks in the offseason. But think about that. He's got his Detroit bad habits and he's still winning football games. Ended Tom Brady's career, a lot of people are saying, um, as well, a couple of weeks before. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to blame him for losing them the game. He should have had the pick, but you can't blame them for losing the game. The Rams were a better team all over the pitch. Yeah, and I really am excited to see Stafford in the Super Bowl. I'm very happy for him after all the years yeah. in Detroit. Even as a NFC North fan, man, I watched this guy ball out for years. I'm glad that he's in a situation that seems to be great for him and his family and that he's probably got the best offensive coordinator in football named Kevin O'Connell, who's going to be the Vikings head coach. Okay, we all know it's Sean McVay, but I had to throw out a <laughs> plug for the Vikings new head coach even though they can't make it official till after the Super Bowl game um I'm really excited for Matt Stafford though I think all those years in Detroit every the true football fans are like this dude can play casual fans and like that's not a shot that's just people who don't immerse their life around football see him in Detroit and he doesn't get the credit that he deserves where I'm just like man this dude can ball out they put him on a team one year in, I remember at the beginning of the year, Maddie, hearing people go, the Detroit won that trade. Detroit blew the Rams away and won that trade. Maybe Detroit has a good trade depending on who they pick with those two first round picks. But for me right now, the Rams won that trade because they're exactly in the game that they wanted to be in by giving up everything for that quarterback. It was a win both ways. That was a win-win trade where... Detroit weren't doing anything with their generational talent, Matthew Stafford, and they've wasted his talent. So fresh start, new draft picks. Um, Jared Goff isn't a bad... Jared Goff's 
what easily one of the best like one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the NFL like he 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 should have a job anyway he's shown he's got he's shown he's got some off script talent as well playing with the lions like not a lot of it but not a lot of people are playing well with the lions either um i, I i'm so happy for Matt Stafford. I'm happy for Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow. I think they're two of the like most likable guys in all of in all of the NFL. I mean, Matt Stafford, Jimmy G, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes are probably four of the least problematic people in the entire NFL. Like, I, I liked all the quarterbacks in this round, but Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow are exciting, and it's going to be exciting to watch them go head to head. And it's great to have. Matthew Stafford in the Super Bowl and Matthew Stafford winning some fucking playoff games finally. And class acts from the Detroit Lions fans as well for standing behind Matthew Stafford and realizing you did so much for us. We wasted you. We're happy to be seeing you succeed right now. I'm just really happy I got a few more days to make my pick because I know like what my gut says, but my head's telling me some different things and I'm not going to give it away before our next video. But like there's some real thinking about this game because if you really think about it, nobody expected one of these teams to be there. A lot of people didn't even expect the Rams to be there. They At the beginning of the year, they expected that they're going to try to buy a Super Bowl and it's not going to work. They're in the Super Bowl. They're in the Super Bowl with a quarterback who is more competent than Jared Goff was as a young player in that situation back then. Uh, Matthew Stafford does not need McVay to read the defenses for him like Jared Goff did back when he was in the Super Bowl. I'm not saying now. I mean, this team is stacked with a lot of veterans, but there's a lot of guys that aren't that are really young and can ball too. That defense is stacked. I'm a little nervous for Joey Burrow against that front seven, but mm. we'll get into that in the next one. But I'm really excited for this game. Like sometimes you go into a Super Bowl and go, I just hope this thing ain't a blowout. I don't think that's happening in this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I think the, the two teams that are there are great. Great show of why the NFL is so great because we have parity, you have salary caps, but the two teams that are there do it in two completely different ways of the Rams, pay shit loads of money, buy a new stadium, greatest facilities, live in LA, which is like that you need to have stars there, do it a completely different way. And then you have the Cincinnati Bengals who if there's a storm, snowstorm, they're going to struggle to practice. And if, if there's all of their best, most talented players are all draft picks as well. And it's, it, it's good to see that there's two totally separate ways of doing things in the NFL. Now let's let's move on to the 49ers and where do they go from here? Because they clearly have a more talented roster than we give them credit for at the start of the season. Cal Shanahan's a more talented coach than we give them credit for at the start of the season. They've got to get a new quarterback, surely. That has to be what they need to do. Or well, Jimmy G guy. Jimmy G already came out and said he's working with them on a trade. So he's gone. He said his goodbyes. He's Good. gonna be out of there. It's the Trey Lance era. If they if they missed on Trey Lance, this is going to set them back five, six years. If they hit on Trey Lance, then Kyle Shanahan's star is just going to keep growing as a coach and a GM. I will say there's a handful of coaches to you want to mentor a young quarterback, and Kyle Shanahan is definitely on the top of that list. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think Jimmy G doesn't fit what Kyle Shanahan wants in a quarterback i think i 
with this game, I, I'm going to say that it was Jimmy G's. Jimmy G was terrible. Like Jimmy G was not good. But he really hadn't been good the whole playoffs, though, and they yeah. still kept winning. Yeah, it's not exactly. It's not his game. Like the way that they were playing, it's not his game. You want him in a, and this is me taking shots at Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is better than Jimmy G. It's just an example of where Jimmy G would succeed in teams like the Minnesota Vikings, in teams like the Dallas Cowboys, in teams like Denver, where there's weapons, uh, places like that, where there's a solid O-line, there's weapons, so he can kind of game manage. Because Jimmy G is a brainy-ass quarterback. Like, he he learned under Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, man. Like, he knows what the fuck he is doing. He knows how to be a professional. He knows how to read offense, uh, defenses. He just... This 49ers team isn't that. It's not like realistically, they have no good wide receivers. What they have is Debo Samuels, who is an incredible weapon, different, used different to a wide receiver. I don't want to see Debo Samuels running down the field, catching ridiculous circus balls in the air. I want to see him around the line of scrimmage and breaking plays with his feet with screens. The biggest play that they had that, that, yes. Keep saying yesterday. The biggest play that they had in that game in the NFC Championship game was off a screen. <laughs> like it's as more like Uzcheck is their second best player on offense. If you don't, is their second best weapon on offense. Their fullback, who's really a tailback, who's used as a different weapon. But Jimmy G isn't going to thrive in that. What you want is Jimmy G is pocket at least three incredible wide receivers, like three, two, one incredible, two really fucking solid, and then a fourth guy who's who's a bit of a gadget guy in the slot. Like, and there's a few teams out there that are maybe looking for quarterbacks that if they miss out on their first choice, would be more than happy to take Jimmy G. And he'll definitely like get a job somewhere. They'll get a decent pick for him, depending what it is. I'm not saying they'll get a first, but they'll get a decent pick. And Juszczyk reminds me, and I think I said this to you before, reminds me a lot of Aaron Hernandez without the killing people shit, but yeah. like how he plays football. He's used in so many different um, positions. He's a tight end. He's a tailback. He's a fullback. The guy can um, line up and move out. And now you got to try to have a linebacker cover him while he's playing receiver out on the ends. They do a lot with George Kittle. There is a lot of talent on that team. And I just, I don't want to beat up on Jimmy G because I don't think he's awful. But I really believe Jimmy G's the reason they're not sitting in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean the Rams are a better team than them. Let's not let's right. But let's I not, think if you had Matt, uh, if you switch quarterbacks, I think the well, yeah. 49ers are in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. But possibly I would I wouldn't say Matt Stafford's necessarily the kind of guy that I would want in that offense. Like Trey Lance is a that's where I was going with that. Trey Lance is a beautiful fit for that offense because he's just a weapon as well at this point. We don't know what Trey Lance is. We, we don't know what he is. All we know is he has explosive talent somewhere. Some part of his game is ridiculously explosive. And this offense is built on guys like that. It's not built on guys who are po pocket passery kind of guys. It's not It's not built on your traditional wide receiver, like your traditional route running Amari Cooper, like your traditional down the field catching phenomenon like Jamar Chase, who's in the Super Bowl, like they, they, they don't have those kind of guys. What they have is Debo Samuels, who is a weapon in the short in the short game. They have a fantastic running game. They have a solid O line, and they have a great defense. And they have George Kittle, who's just 
an outstanding tight end who hasn't had his best season ever. Trey Lance is in a great place for him personally to succeed. And if he's not got the arm, if he's not got if he's not got the arm that and the accuracy, and he needs to learn how to read off uh, defenses and things like that, and that's what he needs to work on. One, Kyle Shanahan's going to help him work on that, and two. Kyle Shanahan's going to build in a lot of fucking running plays to, to kind of uh, sort that out as well. What I see of Trey Lance just in raw talent, and this was coming out of college who I'm comparing him to, not the NFL version, is Vince Young, but maybe a little more accurate. A lot of raw talent, a lot of using your athletic ability, got a super strong arm. I think Trey's a little more accurate. And I think Vince Young would have had a way better career if he didn't get dumped on a Jeff Fisher who did not want him. And it's been public that Jeff Fisher did not want him, which makes it absolutely horrible to play for a coach who doesn't want you there. Ask Kirk Cousins how him and Mike Zimmer got along. And I'm just saying, so I think that Trey Lance being with a coach who wanted him and an organization that moved up to get him, if he, if it's in him to be a top five quarterback, Kyle Shannon will get it out of him. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And he's managed to do it with this team who aren't a top five NFL team. If you look at it on paper, I mean, they shit on them all the year. I still stand by as shitting, in the, shitting on them in the regular season. They didn't play as well as a lot of the other teams that were on our list in the regular no, I season. I agree that they're not a top 10, but they proved me and you to look like fucking morons oh, because yeah, they definitely. made it to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, definitely. I think they proved a lot of the fucking NFL media that as well. I I just think that they're better coached than most teams in the NFL. That's that's how they got through against the Cowboys. They're a better coach team than the Cowboys. Like that's they're a better coach. Like they, it shows if you have like if you look at the Patriots team. If you look at the Patriots team as well, they they're not the best on paper. Like they were they were pretty high up in our things because of Bill Belichick. Like the, the best coach teams who also have the best coach players. Play really fucking well, which says a lot for Zach Taylor as well in in the uh, in the Super Bowl. So congrats to him. Really looking forward to the Super Bowl, man. That video will be dropping this week. Yeah, I can't wait for the Super Bowl. I'm excited. Um, I was really happy with the last weekend's games because sometimes you get blowouts and it's not uh, when you only have two games and you can't switch through um, Sunday ticket and find other games. You better hope those two games are good, right? But I'm really excited for the Super Bowl. I think these two teams actually match up very well on the way they play offense to defense against each other. Um, it's star. It's going to be a star-studded um, game, too, because I don't care what anybody says. Burrow's already a star. Chase is already a star. If you don't think Joe Mixon is a star, you don't watch football. And then you don't even need to – we don't even need to start naming the all-star list of names on – the Rams, there's literally four or five guys that if they retire tomorrow in five years are going to be sitting in the Hall of Fame. There's fucking three guys on that defensive line that are top play, like top 10 players in the defensive line this season. And uh, Von Miller over a long time. And Aaron Donald is probably... The, the, yeah, that's the thing. The Rams, right? All this, like, oh, they give everything up. Their best player is a draft pick, which is strange to me. Um, considering they give everything up, but it, it's you need good draft picks to then fill in for those other guys as well. And they they're just star studded all over the place. And if Matthew Stafford wins, he's definitely in that conversation of Hall of Famer. 
I've told you before, I think he's a Hall of Famer, but I think if he does not win this game, they do not let him in. If he wins this game, then I think he walks in, which I think is total horseshit, but that's what happens when you let media people with personal biases vote on these types of things. I think this game will be the difference between him in the first and second ballot and him in like his seventh or eighth try to get into the Hall of Fame. Hey, NFL, you need to give Maddie and I a vote for uh, Hall of Fame and Pro Bowl. We need those MVP votes. Yankee and the Brit putting their name out there. Media <laughs> source, never called myself a media source before, but trying to get a vote. This media source needs a vote. <laughs> Are we the media? Is that what we is is that where we're going? Because I, this is a turning point for our channel here. Are we? Are we? Are we the media? Because I'm game to say that we're the media if you want. Hey, we're the media if it gets us a vote. We're the media of the people. That's what yes. we are. We're the yes. Yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll stick with that. We'll stick we're with the that. People's we'll media, kind of like the rock. <laughs> the people's tent. You know what I mean? That's us. We're the people's media. The whole fucking background turns red. Hymns and Arias comes on. The Chartress songs come on. I know that all means very different things to you guys in the US, but it doesn't matter. Um, Matt, yeah. before we get out of here, though, I got to let the people know my exciting shit. So I am going to be filling in on Turf Tales next Friday on Overtime Hustling Magazine with Minnesota Vikings running back Alexander Madsen. And don't worry, guys, I'm going to put him on the spot and try to pressure him to get on the Yankee and the Brit because I'm not above putting people on the spot. But I'm <laughs> so excited. I got asked to fill in because they have somebody out. And I said yes before I even knew it was Alexander. And then I find out one of my Vikings, Skull Nation boys, is going to be on there. So make sure you guys check out Real Talk on Friday and then right after Overtime Hustling. Um, turf tales because Alexander Madison will be on there with us. <laughs> I'm so jealous, man. Hopefully, I'll get to see him if he uh, if he decides to come on our show as well. Um, also, go check out all of our other stuff as well. As we said at the start of the show, we're spreading out. We're taking in more and more podcasts. Uh, and if you guys have an idea for a podcast that you want to pitch to us and you want to do what we do and just sit and talk about sports, because we'll do the hard bit like about all the editing and all of that shit and all the producing, all of that garbage. We'll, we'll, we'll sort that out. You just need to come in and talk. And if you have an idea for a show, we want to hear it. So send us in your ideas for shows. All right, guys, I can't wait to get back to you for a preview of the Super Bowl. I can't wait till this weekend gets here. Not only will it be good football, friends and food. I don't know how much more you can ask for the three F's, right? Football, friends, food. Sounds like a great weekend to me. Yeah, man. I mean, it's oh, I, it's so difficult being British. I, you guys have to start moving that game to a Saturday because we've all got to go to work on Monday morning and it doesn't finish till 5 a.m. Like, either put it on a Saturday or cut the fucking halftime show. Do it before hey. or after the game. I love the halftime show. I'm very excited for it this year. But do it before the game or after the game, so halftime doesn't take another hour of my time while I'm waiting to find out who wins this Super Bowl to make it to change it from five o'clock to four o'clock. An extra hour makes a big difference when we're talking about sleep and that little. 
Well, the only thing you got going for you that's good is you're 23, so you don't need sleep just about yet. You wait till you're wait till you're 43. That sleep really will get to you more. But all right, yeah, guys, thanks right. for watching. One world, one love. Deuces. Cheerio. Thank you.